0: To another edition of M Class Email, the show where you send mail in and me and Josh read it, and we give you funny jokes that only Josh and I can do. Anyway, Rich is the only one here with. Hey, it's me, Josh. <laughs> That's the worst impression I've ever heard of. So, my life. do you know why I fucking did that
1: as well? Because he always does the. Hey, it's me, Rich Masters. That's a perfect impression.
0: <laughs> You didn't even change your voice for that. I didn't. That. I didn't. It was like it, was, it
1: just had a puppet of myself there.
0: Yeah. We- you may have noticed if you listened to this podcast two weeks ago, our M Class Podcast a week ago, or, uh, you know, today, if mm-hmm. you're a patron, patreon.com slash M Class Podcast. Uh, Josh has COVID and he was about to pass out at the end of the last mm-hmm. episode we recorded. So we, we shipped him off to bed with a nice blankie and some cocoa he was really fucking rough he like um,
1: we started talking about Lord of the Rings and he exited the conversation that's how sick he was
0: yeah I felt bad for the guy but he's never gonna listen to this so no like he'll edit this so he'll probably hear up to the point where I introduced Rich Mm -hmm. and then he'll line those up and that's probably it (laughs) Poor guy. Uh, so let's so let's dive into emails. I'm gonna be reading this time and Rich is gonna be reacting because I wanna give this fucker my password. No 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 no. I don't want that burden. <laughs> I'd I would I would just fill the email with spam.
1: <laughs> Sign uh, up for an oh, OnlyFans. Jesus.
0: People do that. Like yeah. I get emails all the time on my actual account my mm-hmm. like actual name account. Where people sign me up to like home improvement stores and shit. Uh, we've got when we do
1: ToonHounds, I make Spivzy read all the uh, spam accounts emails <laughs> as if they were real emails, and we react to them, which is always cracks me up.
0: I I've done that a couple times where I pretend I don't realize <laughs> an email is from spam until partway through it. It's just good. They um, they sent their email just like everyone else.
1: Yeah. they just Speaking of it. spam
0: emails, <laughs> uh, our first email is from Yacoub, and it's entitled, I'm bored sitting in a work meeting. Oh, boo. So here are some porn name parodies of Star Trek titles. Awesome. Star Trek The Original Stiffness. <laughs> Star Trek The Anal Mating Series. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. Star Trek The New Gyration. That's good. Star Trek Dick Face Nine Inches. (laughs) Dick
1: Face Nine (laughs) Inches.
0: Star Trek Voyeur. That's good. Star Trek Enter Me for a Prize. Damn, that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Star Trek Drill Insantilly. That's Discovery. (laughs) Somebody's got (laughs) a Drill Insantilly. Hmm. Oh, Star Trek Prick Hard. Star Trek Load in the Cheeks. It's lowered X. Mm-hmm. And Star Trek Prod Iggy. <laughs> there are no characters named Iggy on Prodigy. I'm not a sex pest. Uh, Iggy Pop. Because he's got a Star Trek character, oh right? Oh my God. Go. Prod Iggy Pop. I don't Perfect. know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Movies. Star Trek <laughs> The Motion Picture. That title and movie are plenty horny already. Yep. Yep. Alternatively, Star Trek: The Lotioned Prickers. Hmm. Damn. Had me in the first. Oh off. man. <laughs> uh, I was I was told to say this in the email, everyone. <laughs> Star Trek Two: The Wreck of Cunt. <laughs> it's an English production.
1: <laughs> oh, that's that's so
0: well timed with Josh's sign off for the it episode itself. <laughs> Star Trek 3, The Reach for Cock. Mm -hmm. Very good. Mm -hmm. Star Trek 4, The Joy of Edging at Home. (laughs) I think I've seen that VHS. Uh, Star Trek 5, The Carnal Frontier. Mm -hmm. What? Worst worst title, worst film. (laughs) Star Trek 6, The Unprotected Cramming. (laughs) Wow. Star Trek 7, Gain Erections. (laughs) Star, <laughs> Star Trek Eight Fist Cream Pie. <laughs> Gee,
1: what? Whoa. How does that even work? <laughs> um, it, you're
0: getting paid for this while you're working. <laughs> That's the joy of this. Star Trek Nine Insert Action. <laughs> insert. Right. Star Trek Ten Nail Her Sis. Huh?
1: Yeah. All right. Okay. I, I was trying to think. What was the actual title? It's Nemesis. Right. Got it. Yeah.
0: And Star Trek 2009 is Stuff Kirk's 2009 (laughs) Buttholes. Star Trek Into Dampness. Oh! And Star Trek Big and Yolked, which isn't sexy, but is... (laughs) Could be, depending on what you're into. Yeah. PSA, remember to pay for your pornography of choice. We don't endorse that on M-Classic. No, no, you Uh, do. Your (laughs) pornography is a sin. (laughs) Yours delivering sausage pizza, ensign jackoff aboard the USS Jizzrag. I mean, don't, don't,
1: don't give anyone an excuse to call you jackoff. <laughs> <I> <laughs> they, think they'll, do they'll do it.
0: <laughs> they'll do it. They'll do it. Now on ensign jackoff. <laughs> You've done this to yourself. I'm sorry. Um, that
1: was horrific, but also really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh god you're gonna get you're What's gonna get if if he, he needs to do uh, the first entire series of TNG now
0: <laughs> oh my god don't tell him to do that
1: <laughs> well you've got we got to save him from meetings at work
0: my god that might if you send those in I might stop reading them at a <laughs> moment, I gotta say uh, those were gold though our next email is from uh Skull Maximus, and mm-hmm. it's entitled Virtual Dating. I think this might
1: be a follow-up email. Oh, I think it is, because I remember this one, listening to this one. This is the PowerPoint. <laughs> this is the PowerPoint dating, isn't it?
0: It is. Yep, I remember this uh, one. Trek or treat, Trek boys. To answer your question, yes, in my previous email, I meant it as an actual virtual date idea. Wowzers. Wowzers. It was the second or third one we did on Zoom, but that was the only one with a homework assignment. <laughs> I so when I heard this email
1: last week, I was like, "Man, you lucked out on getting getting uh, not getting a fourth date out of this." Because <laughs> if if my wife had have assigned me homework on a date, and she wasn't doing it in some sort of weird dress up. Sort of pretending to be a headmistress thing, <laughs> I would have jumped ship faster than the rats off the Titanic. Uh, Jesus, like, I gotta
0: know whose idea was it. It couldn't have been yours, no, right?
1: No, he he seemed genuinely surprised in the last email. Like I did, and did a funny PowerPoint thinking it was uh, a joke, and she did a serious one about world peace.
0: I mean. <laughs> Uh, 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 you had a lucky escape (laughs) lucky lucky escape Uh, I honestly didn't mind it as it gave us both something to do as we weren't getting coffee or dinner together you could have a conversation play Mm -hmm. a video game (laughs) but that is a massive red flag in and of itself right because if you
1: let's say you and Crystal like you you met and you had to find something to fill your time that's not a good basis for an attraction a relationship or whatever
0: I think you and I have, uh, and Josh does as well, have a uh, an outside point of view on mm-hmm. dating today. Yeah, dating that's today true. is entirely based around apps meant mm-hmm. to like connect you with people. I mean, there are still people who meet like at college or in high school or at their job or whatever. But for the most part, people are virtual dating first before they actually date and I don't know shit about that. Yeah,
1: fuck that. I'm glad you get we're get a homework too old.
0: assignment. You could get a homework assignment for any of those. Mm-hmm. I don't know.
1: I what would have been next though? What would have been next in this fucking Mad Max world of dating you've book, entered book
0: report. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Write your autobiography in the style of Kafka as if you'd turned into a bug. <laughs>
0: Uh, But it was jarring to jump into virtual dating after five years off the market Mm -hmm. and coming off a divorce during the pandemic. Oh, man. Another virtual date did lead to an in-person relationship for a while, and though it ended, it was a good ending, which sometimes can help with the healing after a previous long-term one Yeah. to know you are capable of a healthy, non-traumatic relationship. Uh, I I understand that entirely. And I'm glad that virtual dating led to something a little bit better than a whole market yeah it sounds like it sounds like you came out of that terrible uh,
1: Microsoft PowerPoint th- in the right direction <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: it wasn't it wasn't a bad PowerPoint I, I saw it it was mm-hmm. pretty good good uh, Now that everything's fully in person it seems kind of harder to meet people mm-hmm. I guess people have more to do now so they aren't seeking out companionship and are pretty busy reacquainting themselves with the real world I've honestly been doing the same myself. Also, dating apps have gotten worse somehow. Mm. Okay, Cupid does this thing where if you don't pay for the subscription, they send you all these likes from people in Africa and Asia, and suddenly you have 100 plus likes. Mm. <laughs> and I swear they also mess with the algorithms for so the people you see aren't from your area. Real skeevy tactics, then. Yeah, so you
1: have to pay for a premium service, right? So, like, I don't know, like. Jeff, you won't be surprised to understand that I'm a bit of a growing on you as a person thing. Like, uh, most people don't like me when they first meet me and how I, I... You know, you say that, like,
0: I would agree to it, but I've liked you ever since I first met you. Oh, that's nice. And that's why we're dating. <laughs> yeah, that's why you gave me that homework. Or yeah, exactly. Or
1: the <laughs> But, like, with women... I uh, basically I have one move and that is uh, joke humiliate them and that is just wow, like that's a bad move. But that's Rich. that's what I did with my wife. She became the butt of my jokes and I became the butt of hers. And if that is a reciprocal oh, well, that's thing, sweet. that's sweet. If it's an if it's a thing that you they're going to go to HR and get you done for harassment, <laughs> then you quickly <laughs> stop that.
0: But like you know, it's it's funny. Crystal did not like me when she met me. Rachel didn't like, like me when she first me. We had I don't a think. Uh, I think that's true of most people who mm-hmm. made me. They they think that I do a lot of jokes where the joke is that like I'm uh pretending to be a little bit of a douchebag yep. but it's obviously a joke. Yep. And I think people just take me at face value. Yeah, yeah.
1: People don't understand your
0: sense of humour
1: if you have a sense of humour. Because their sense of humour is normally a very basic... I'm sounding incredibly arrogant here, but I've really leaned into it. People aren't going to like you at first meeting. (laughs) But, you know, like, if you show that you are funny, a lot of people are really intimidated by that. Because they're expecting a conversation that is sort of like an equal footing, But if you show that you have a sense of humor, you're instantly putting them on the defensive.
0: So they don't well, like that when you're dunking on them, trying to get them to date you. Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. <laughs> that is true. We, we went to a, 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 two friend groups met up to do an apples to apples game mm-hmm. in college. I don't know if you have that in England. No. What is that? It's like, uh, a, A more kid-friendly version of Cards Against Humanity. Oh, right, okay. Like, Cards Against Humanity stole everything Apples to Apples is and put, like, dicks and titties in and whatnot. But uh, we we met for that, and uh, I was joking around with everybody there, and uh, I must have come off as a gigantic (laughs) douchebag because she did not care for me at all. But uh, she came around on me. She came around and decided I was I was cool. Do, do you know when that was? Does. Do you know when that was? It was the second time we met. Oh, right, sure. that's good. The second time we met up, she uh, realized that I was joking. hmm And she's just as sarcastic as I am. So it worked out. So I know
1: when Rachel started finding me interesting. I wouldn't say attractive because I don't know when that was. Um, But like, so I had had sort of like made a few jokes at her expense, as I do with everyone I first meet initially. And then I told... Very charming. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then the second time uh, I told a joke at someone else's expense... But no one but her got it. And I was like, when she laughed, I was kind of like, huh, huh. She laughed a little bit too long, and I can't even remember the joke now. I'm in. Yeah, and it was then. It was kind of like we would have little things where we would, um, someone would say something stupid, but they didn't realise it was stupid. We're both, yeah, we're both coming off as terrible people here. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But like someone, someone that we used to work with said that essentially that they thought Goodfellas was a film about pizza, and everyone else. (laughs) Everyone else was like, "Hmm, hmm, interesting," and we were just kind of like, "This fucking idiot." Um, and it's—I think it's like finding out the things that you that annoy you sometimes are the keys to a good relationship, not just the that things could that be you
0: true. like. This is a uh, glass half full cast with uh, a <laughs> glass half empty cast with Rich Masters. Uh, <laughs> No, I'm glad you found somebody who fit your eccentricities, because we all have different eccentricities that uh, if you're not fitting those together in a relationship, it's probably not going to work out.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, Anyway, (laughs) this made me think of a quick peyote. Quark starts a dating service on Deep Space Nine. Mm -hmm. The episode pretty much writes itself and would probably go much like Bender's dating service in Futurama. I would pitch that, yeah. especially if Bashir was his first customer. I would find that very funny. You know what would be great? If
1: it was like a secret auction thing that none of the crew really knew that they were a part of.
0: <laughs> like, yeah. So like, people just showed up, like, O'Brien's at work and a lady just shows up and starts acting like they're on a date Yeah, together. Yeah, that would be a real sort of like
1: a uh, sitcom on the station episode. And I love those episodes of DS9. I'm
0: a big fan of that myself. Uh, okay, gotta go and respond to this really deep conversation I have on Bumble. The girl said, Hey, how are you? All lowercase to me. Hmm. So many ways to answer that. <laughs> Hope you have a good Halloween. Ghoul Tenant Commander Skull Maximus, Chief Midnight Society Archivist, no, agreed nice. on how good that show was mm-hmm. uh, the SS Bootany Bay. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty genius That's good, that is good uh, We've been watching Are You Afraid of the Dark here uh, mm-hmm. With dinner in the evenings And that show is so funny It's like a time capsule Of like the late 80s, early 90s When it was shot Was um, Are You Afraid of the Dark the one that they filmed in
1: French Canada? Yes Yeah, so everyone's got like a slightly odd accent yeah, That every, you didn't understand when you were a, a kid. kid Yeah um, they say I remember about- that. About. I remember loving Are You Afraid of the Dark, the, uh, the dark as a kid.
0: Um, Uh-oh. He's slurring his words. I did. He's already I've, sloshed up. I've had too many T's. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I won't make a joke about that. Thank Moving you. on. Thank you. Thanks for that email. Yeah, it was great. The next one is from Julian. Hmm. And it's entitled New Boys on the Track. <laughs> Hello, to I've been sick for the last few days. Oh, so is Josh. Welcome yeah. to the club. Yeah, and had fucked up Star Trek fever dream, and I think it would make a funny POV <laughs> without any context. Riker and Picard go through the transporter, but something goes wrong, and Riker's conscious Riker's consciousness is transferred to an apple pie. <laughs> this is a fever dream. <sighs> The crew has no idea what the fuck happened, so they bring the Riker pie <laughs> to <tend forward laughs> and leave it on the bar, instructing everybody not to eat it. An unknown crewman then eats a piece of the Riker pie because uh, he couldn't oh. resist it. <laughs> now the crew wonders whether this will affect Riker's state of mind when, he retur- when they return his consciousness to his body. When they put Riker back through the transporter. He seems physically fine, but is very quiet and grumpy looking. <laughs> <laughs> then I woke up, fucked up, right? Later gators, Julie.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> I have so many questions. Can the pie talk? Is, is like is the is the consciousness or lack of consciousness of the pie also been transferred into Riker's comatose pie body? <laughs> Like
0: you can't do half. When people of stand Friday. next to Riker's, when people stand next to Riker's comatose body, does he kind of smell delicious? He smells of cinnamon. <laughs> I uh, would love the Riker pie to have like the 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 slightly droning thought voiceover from like ninety sitcoms when a <laughs> dog thinks or something, and that's the only way he communicates with the audience. <laughs>
1: Picard turns to the chair. What do you think, Number
0: One? And it's just a pie. (laughs) (laughs) The crewman comes up to eat the pie, and the voiceover is like, "Uh oh, hungry man." (laughs) (laughs) This Joker again. (laughs) It'd have to be Julian. That was a fucked up fever dream. Yeah, it was.
1: That was that was definitely a child of COVID. Considering Josh is dreaming about Japanese prostitutes
0: that clean his fingernails. Yeah, they exist. Damn it! I'm on the other side of the argument now. I believe him. I do love that he doubled
1: down. That was my favorite. He did because he wasn't convinced that he had convinced us. That was what it
0: was. <laughs> My favorite part of the that episode, by the way, this is like an exclusive because mm-hmm. I didn't get to say it because we were all talking, but mm-hmm. like uh when you and him were talking about how you would fuck people you know in the holiday, <laughs> uh I was sitting there quietly, never saying a word, and you both started getting more and more desperate to <laughs> explain yourself. <laughs> I thought that was so fucking funny well because you realize
1: all of a sudden like oh this could go down very wrong this sounds awful
0: no I understood where you were coming from I I stopped talking because you guys started getting more like adamant and louder (laughs) talking about no no it's perfectly normal it's perfectly normal no everyone would do it everyone on earth (laughs) stop pretending Jeff god damn it (laughs) Uh, our next ep, our uh, next email <laughs> is from Lizzie, and it's entitled "Catharsis." Oh, it's in- it's uh, begins. Hi Jeff and Josh. Oh, hey. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. Hi Jeff and <laughs> Rich. <laughs> I'm not a regular listener of M Class, but my husband is. Hmm. I won't give you his name because I would hate to embarrass him. Though he'll probably hear this and be embarrassed anyway. So. Eh. <laughs> A few months ago, he made me listen to an episode, and I wanted to write something to you. in In March 2021, we lost our daughter to leukemia. Ooh. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's awful. Sorry about that. Her name was Abby, and she was tough, wonderful, beautiful, funny, and all the thing a mom uh, all the things a mom thinks about their child. It was rough, mm, so sure. rough that I don't think I have in any way processed it at all. That's sl- genuinely uh, okay way to be. Yeah, that's absolutely heartbreaking beyond words, so I understand why you haven't processed it. Uh, My counselor says the same things about valuing the time spent together and not letting it wreck your memories, Mm -hmm. but that's impossible. The husband made me listen to your last episode where this guy Rich sent in a story. I'm not a Star Trek fan at all, but something obviously stuck with me. This person i God, I'm glad you're here, Ray. Yeah, this would be really weird if I wasn't. <laughs> this person I'd never met described how I was feeling exactly. I couldn't believe it. The comment about emotions being like the taste of ashes, of the guilt involved. Ah. It was like he was describing me. People in grief just want to stop feeling, we forget that the pain is all part of love. I know it sounds stupid, but it's how I felt. Does not sound stupid. No, not at all. I haven't and will never be able to move on from Abby's death. It will always hurt that her life was so short, and it will never seem fair. But, a life is not measured solely in days at last, but the love and impact it leaves on us just made something click in me. I'm not saying things are easier or the pains any less, but it was something no one had ever said to me. I got plenty of morons in my life that I've known for ten years, but Abby's short days meant more to me than all those years with so many others. It helped me make sense of things a bit. Start to think of her life in a different way. She's still having an impact, even though I've spent more time without her than I ever did with her. So I wanted to say thank you to this thing you guys do and that understanding. It helps. You help. Thanks, Lizzie. I I don't know what to say to that. That's incredible. I, I, um...
1: Yeah, I I cannot understand what you're going... I've got a kid of my own. Um, if I lost him, that would be... I can't even imagine how bad that would be. I, You know, in some ways, I think my life would be forever over. Um, so... Uh, uh, some people might not know this about me. So, I do. Uh, when I had uh, cancer, when I was a bit younger, uh, I became a young person's cancer uh, counselor. And that's why I kind of wrote that story, the Vulcan one, for M um, class. Uh, because some of that is what I've actually said to people before in the past. So, I'm really glad it helped in whatever way it did. Um, I think you're really, really brave for writing that email, and I don't mean that in a patronising way. Um, you shouldn't feel terrible or bad for never feeling like you're going to get over it because, in all honesty, you probably won't. It just it will get a little duller with time, and as long as those memories don't get duller, I think that's okay. So, yeah, just try and hold on to that, I guess. I sound kind of patronizing now, I think, but... um,
0: No, I don't think you sound patronizing at all. I think finding the words is difficult.
1: Mm -hmm. But, yeah. I'm really sorry. That's shit. That's really shit to happen.
0: I I think that's something that maybe we've talked about. It's the power of stories Mm -hmm. to help, like, the way real life can be so hard, Mm -hmm. so painful, and the things that happen to us can seem so unfair that... Sometimes searching for answers in the stories that we hear or we tell like Rich has told um, can sometimes sort of ease the pain or help us find a way forward and i I'm hopeful that you'll find your way forward mm-hmm. this This was a incredible email, one of the best we've ever gotten I, I am sorry Josh isn't here. Mm-hmm to hear it as well, but I will tell him about it. I will send it forward to him. I'm really glad Rich was here to read it, though, because I don't think Rich understands the effect that his stories can have on people and have had on people.
1: I It's one of the reasons why I love doing uh, bros with you and Josh as well, because I know we make people's lives a little better for two hours uh, every fortnight i know we do because we get we get comments that say like this is great and i love it and it really puts a smile on my face um stories
0: sometimes that escape helps yeah absolutely exactly
1: um and like i can think of a number of times that when um i've felt a bit lost and empty and stuff like that that like hearing a familiar voice or reading a comic or reading a book that I find like a cosy blanket, they do really help. Or, you know, episodes of Star Trek that really help and things like that. So, um, yeah, they do... They, they, these sorts of things affect everyone and I, I think that if you can take whatever solace you can in whatever media you pursue, I think that's a great thing. So I'm, I'm glad and I'm honoured to have helped a little bit
0: yeah like rich said as well like it's hard to put into words of course but like i think like rich said there's something incredibly brave about sending this email to a podcast that you don't even really listen (laughs) to to let them know how you feel about it and not just Me and Rich now, but our entire listening audience, we may not have ever met Abby, but Abby's memory lives on in a whole plethora of new people as well because Mm -hmm. you shared this story. And that means something as well. And I hope that can maybe ease the burden going forward as well. Uh, Thank you so much for this email, Lizzie. Uh. It will be weird to go back to goofs <laughs> yes. after this, but thank you so much. Uh, but we kind of have to. We kind of have yeah. to. Um, as a matter of fact, our next email is from Ensign Meow. Oh, so the, the, <laughs> there's a juxtaposition for you. Well, th- thank you again for that email. Yeah. Um, uh, this ins- this next email is from Ensign Meow and it's entitled Tri- Trials and Meowbulation. <laughs> for God's sake, me. <laughs> Uh, long-range subspace relay 23 <laughs> connecting, decrypting, bioneural gel packs full, freeing up space, <laughs> 347 terabytes of erotic Admiral Archer holodeck novels <laughs> archived, <laughs> uplink established, message follows. Hey, space pals, it's me, Ensign Meow, everyone's favorite Cadian in the Delta Quadrant. How y'all doing this week? Excellent, thanks. Pretty damn Good. Josh is dead. Yeah. (laughs) So not great. I've been doing the usual stuff, like moving crates of stuff from one cargo bay to another cargo bay and stocking them in a different order, and buffing the hallway floors so they're all shiny and you can slide from the holodecks all the way to the science labs. Oh, that would be cool. My application to be moved to Gamma Shift got approved, so now I can stay up late to hang out with all my Gamma Shift friends. (laughs) Unfortunately, that means I've been stuck with Ensign Vallon for maintenance of the plasma injector manifolds for 12 shifts in a row. This guy might be the most annoying Vulcan on the whole ship. He will not stop talking about his rock collection. (laughs) Monday, rocks. Tuesday, rocks. Wednesday, rocks. Thursday, status report updates for the CEO. For the CEO. Friday, rocks. Where's the logic in talking about the same thing so much? I swear I'm going to throw his rocks out of an airlock or vaporize them one by one and make him watch if he doesn't stop. (laughs) Wow, Jesus. (laughs) I don't care if you have 526 rocks from 43 planets, 23 moons, and 3 asteroids. You need a personality outside of rocks, buddy. Why has he also got so many rocks if he's not visited that many planets? Yeah, only 43 planets, 23 moons, and 3 asteroids? How many rocks do you need from each planet? Yeah, just take one. That's a really... Like, maybe he
1: thinks, like, I need one of each sedentary rock and one of each, you know,
0: igneous rock. You know, that's, that shit's playing havoc with the uh, planet's, like, ecosystem. Mm-hmm.
1: How would you know there's not a parasite on one of these rocks, Ensign Oh, my God, Vulcan
0: dude, that's true. You know, I'm not even sure how plasma injectors get knocked out of alignment, but it sure does happen a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, they're bolted in place? Anyway, if they aren't aligned, the ship doesn't move good, so gotta shimmy down the tubes and align the injectors. You know, just typical meow things. (laughs) I imagine she's hitting it
1: with a hip. Like a a, a sort of like cat Fonzie, like hitting the
0: jukebox. I found my thrill. (laughs) (laughs) luckily the rest of my delta Shift buds are real cool we're the fiercest parisi squares team on the whole ship top of the ship wide league even though i haven't played since i was in the academy three-time academy champion by the way i've still got it no one's got paws like meow i
1: was gonna say the balance is probably
0: good for occasion right baps baps with them balls <laughs> you better be careful near me when I've got an ion mallet else you'll be taking the fast way down off the ramp go snarling sellets <laughs> <laughs> I've been on my training course for shuttlecraft piloting so I've been behind the control panel of the Hasselback all week with my instructor Lieutenant Commander Heavy. <laughs> Hyvey? Hyvey zooming Hy-vee. around the pylons of the ship Ah yeah. Lieutenant Commander Hive <laughs> Zooming around the pylons of the ship, parking the shuttle in the hangar bay, going to warp, you know, all the good stuff. A weird thing I noticed while learning to drive is that all the shuttles on the Takianagi are named after types of potato. <laughs> We've got the jacket, the hassleback, the croquette, the animal fries, the <laughs> fritter.
1: <laughs> I thought who she Who names meant,
0: these things? I
1: thought she meant like it was going to be different types of potato, like a King Edward
0: <laughs> or a, a Charlotte.
1: Not like so did I. waffle fry. I was like,
0: <laughs> did she look up the names of these? No. <laughs> Jacket, Hasselback, Animal Fries. Who, who names these things? I've got my piloting exam next week, so soon I'll be flying around moving cargo from ship to service <laughs> like a real pro pilot. <laughs> Sure, one time I nearly breached the warp core because I spilt my Jumja soda all over the control Jumja panel. Soda. And yeah, I've scratched up the nacelles of Shuttle a whole bunch, but that'll buff out properly. <laughs> the other day, while ass deep in an EPS conduit, <laughs> I was thinking about changing my hair, maybe dyeing my fur. Maybe I'll wear those ginger colors for a week. I'd look good in orange, right? So if you both weren't so follically challenged, oh, you can answer this one, Rich. Oh. What haircuts would you have? I might get a side shave and then brush the rest all over to one side so it's all real thick and fluffy. Pretty cool, right?
1: Hmm. Uh, what would I have? I, uh, I, I don't think I can get away... I don't think most people with glasses can get away with really long hair. But I think if I didn't have to wear glasses, I'd probably have some... Like Viking braids.
0: Oh, it, that'd be so sick. It'd encourage me to work out a bit more. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Uh, something about shaving my head encourages me to work out more. I don't mm-hmm. know why. Like a doughy shaved head guy is a little strange. Hmm. Um, well, when I wasn't as follically challenged, I um, shaved the sides of my head and had like my hair uh, combed to one side on top. And before that, I had like the the standard two thousands to early twenty tens mm-hmm. like uh, bushy ass hair that comes down almost over the eyes. Yeah,
1: I know the one you mean. For I'd normally get my hair cut now, uh, like. <sighs> sounds so boring i went with a fade for a little while so like Mm -hmm. you know the 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 haircut that everyone has at the moment and then i looked in the mirror and i was like what the fuck are you doing you're nearly 40 years old
0: (laughs) Um, No, i had the fade
1: come on (laughs) but like you can't get away with it for too long like every when whenever you can do whatever you want um so i go S- slightly longer than a fade so it's like a two on the sides and a like a f- sort of like a four between a four and a six on top just so I've got like a little bit extra on top short back and sides essentially like a like an ex-military man
0: <laughs> like a boring ass white dude uh I would love to have a high top fade when mm-hmm. like kid and play Yeah, I think that would be pretty radical I don't have the type of hair for it though unfortunately no
1: People with thick hair disgust me.
0: Like, what? What gave? <laughs> what gave you the
1: right to have thick hair? I mean, like, I'm. Oh, I've thinned substantially since oh, no. uh, my son came along, and my beard. Are we gonna have? A, are we gonna have to edit
0: the artwork so all three of us on? No no no, are no, bald? no, 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 no.
1: No, because if I ever go bald, I'm gonna get a series of comedy wigs. Uh, oh, perfect. Yeah, like Princess Leia. Uh, clown, <laughs> clown
0: afro, you know. I'll, I'll just go through the clowns for a little while. Um, I do. I do have a photo of me. Uh, Crystal's dressing for Halloween as Alice in Wonderland, <laughs> and I have a photo of me with that wig on. I'll have to post at some point. <laughs> um. Anyways, I got a skedaddle. I've got a life drawing class to get to. I'm posing nude for it. Everyone's gonna see my cute ass fluffy butt. Can't wait to see their faces. <laughs> Toodles Ensign Meow Sent from a real long way away (laughs) (laughs) I do love an email
1: It takes the transmission so long to come through You know, you must be the (laughs) other end of the Quadrant, maybe?
0: Oh no, she's in the Delta Quadrant (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh no Are you telling me Ensign Meow could be dead And we're just getting the the Messages from the Delta Quadrant now? Maybe Oh, I don't even want to oh, think about no. that. Enson ensign Rich killed a beloved character. Yeah, I want sorry. everyone to know that. I like doing
1: that. Tune into Bros Before Pros. when I do it soon.
0: No! <laughs> Damn it. Rich is always sending us DMs like, I'm going to kill your favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite character, guys? I'm just asking. Yeah. Don't tell me because uh, I definitely will kill him. No, never tell him your favorite mm-hmm. character. No. He's, he's trying to kill Flinch. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he keeps <laughs> telling me he's going to. Everyone wants Flinch dead, even you. That's, no, I love <laughs> Flinch. I would never. Uh, our next email is from Stefan, and it's entitled Ahead of the Curve. Nice. Hey, Trek boys. I've been playing DBZ Kakarot, the 12,000th game retelling the story of Dragon Ball Z, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm a sucker and a fool. Personal failings aside, I just got through all the Majin Buu stuff, which reminded me of how I accidentally got, like, three years ahead on DBZ. Mm Mm-hmm. You've never seen Dragon Ball Z, Uh, Ah, so, Spivzy made me do uh, shonen
1: anime on uh, Toonhounds once, and I am up to Cell. Cell and the androids. Oh, wow,
0: you've seen all of the good parts of Uh, Dragon Ball Z, all the best parts.
1: Um the yeah. cell saga is
0: pretty good. Okay. I'm not going to lie. But he, after
1: that it kind of goes downhill. He's still um a weird bug creature with a orange cod piece at the moment. So I love that design. Think, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I think I just watched the episode where um what happened? I can't remember.
0: It's I good it, radio. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's good. <laughs> Piccolo and Piccolo and Kami um merged back together. Oh yeah. Yeah. In the Kamikolo. Yeah. So, they don't call him that. Yeah. I'm I'm a I'm a Piccolo fan. I'm a Piccolo and a Krillin fan. I do love fan. Piccolo.
0: Cuz Piccolo is, and
1: what? Piccolo and Krillin. Oh, Krillin's my
0: favorite character. Well, of course I he love is. Krillin.
1: He's the he's the character. He's like the Reg Barkley. Like he's it's True. <laughs> I thought he was going to be a weird sex pest when he was first in. You know how, like, shonen anime has that sort of, like, that character sometimes. That's Master
0: Roshi. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm watching Kai. The thing about Dragon Ball Z is you Kai sucks. You shouldn't be watching Kai. Well, Spiffsy said to watch Kai to get rid of all the stuff that would annoy me. Dude, the thing is like, people talk about the filler quote-unquote of mm-hmm. Dragon Ball Z like it's bad, mm-hmm. but all of the Dragon Ball Z filler is straight out of Dragon Ball. It's comedy, it's hilarious, mm. it's I ridiculous. Like, I, I don't all of get... Goku's stuff on Snake Way is hilarious. He meets a snake lady who falls in love with him, but he doesn't <laughs> understand what love is. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I've got a
1: problem. My biggest problem with... Uh, Dragon Ball Z is the amount of episodes where Goku is gone or unconscious or just. There's a
0: reason for that. Yeah, because he's too powerful all the time. Well, no, that's not it, really. Because, like, when he does show up, he usually beats the shit out of one character and then is evenly classed with the next one and then outclassed by a third one. Yeah. It's usually how it works. But, um, akira toriyama at the end of dragon ball Mm -hmm. has goku go off with chi chi yeah and he's married and that's going to be the end of the show yep and then uh his editors were like you're sitting on a fucking gold mine it's the most money we've ever made from a manga and anime (laughs) like we have to keep going so he's like all right well i'll introduce a new main character his son gohan Mm -hmm. and goku will sacrifice himself and the show will be about gohan (laughs) And Goku sacrifices himself, and the editors are like, What the fuck did you just do? You got rid of the main character? Bring him back! What are you doing? And this continues for the rest of the show. Mm-hmm. Where Akira Toriyama keeps getting rid of Goku, and then being forced to bring him back. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Because when Trunks comes and tells him
1: about the the parasitical lung disease or whatever he has that keeps him out of...
0: He has regular earth heart disease. Yeah, whatever.
1: (laughs) It proves how much I was paying attention because I was like, oh, he's going to be gone for half the season. I see, I see.
0: Uh, (laughs) He has regular earth heart disease, which uh, is a real fucked up way for a Super Saiyan to die. Yeah. But in Trunks' future, he does. I highly recommend going back and starting again. Dragon Ball Z, uh, the Dead Zone, the movies, The Dead Zone, okay. World's Strongest, and Tree of Might is pretty good as well. But okay. the Dead Zone and World's Strongest, The Dead Zone takes place right at the beginning of Dragon Ball Z. hmm. So well, Goku's still got his Power Pole and his Cloud. hmm. And, um, the world's strongest is when Master Roshi kicks ass for right. a little while for the first time in forever.
1: I um and I have to go and watch things that people recommend to me. I feel like a deep sense of shame if I don't, if someone's taken the time <laughs> to do it. And I'm the reverse Spivsy's the reverse of me in that he will i I'll recommend things to him like Midnight Mass on Netflix as well and stuff like that. And he's like, Yeah, yeah, I'll get around to it. And I talked to him six months later and he's like, Yeah, I still haven't watched it. Bastard.
0: I'm I'm lean more Spivzy's direction yeah. <laughs> unfortunately. I just feel bad the whole time, but I still don't do it. I don't yeah. know why. I can't I can't um, live with the shame. But if you if you like Trunks as mm-hmm. a character, you should watch um, the story of Trunks, the TV movie. Mm-hmm. Cuz it tells of everything that happens in that future. Oh, that's cool. It's like Trunks' life story and you meet like a really dope version of Gohan. Mhm who uh, is allowed to be the main character.
1: <laughs> I feel, like, slightly robbed that I... Because, you know, like it's you know when people are like, oh, you should totally watch it, and you're kind of like, mmm, I... It's too popular. Like, you know, it's, if you hadn't watched Star that Wars by now... That was your reasoning. Now, it, because, like, you know those people who are like, well, everyone's seen Star Wars, and they keep banging on about it, and my expectation is going to be too high, and I feel like I robbed my childhood self of the ability to of the experience of watching it and i would Probably. have been twice maybe f- like four times into
0: it more into it than i am even though i'm oh, really yeah. enjoying it um there's a nostalgia to it yeah for sure that like you what i watched it when i was a kid it was one of like the first five or six anime i ever watched mm-hmm. i was gonna ask you you've watched other shonen anime before yeah. right yeah how does it feel to see the the, the origins the un- like the absolutely undeniable fact that every shonen is a ripoff of Dragon
1: yeah. Ball. It, like you can see the like the tendrils of every story um, yeah. that comes in any other show, and I kind of feel like. Um, that's a problem with watching it for the first time now as well. because You've like, seen derivative works exactly. that take stuff in different directions. Exactly. But I still am enjoying it. And one of the things that I thought I was going to not enjoy is this constant like... Oh okay, so power creep, power creep, power creep. Oh, it's more powerful now. Oh, he's changing form. He's changing form again. But actually Oh, they do
0: a lot of that. Yeah. But
1: actually it's quite entertaining I'm kinda of like it's the perfect show to watch in the background, and that is like the highest compliment I can pay to something. <laughs> because I don't need to pay attention to it to still enjoy it.
0: The, it's a really easy. There's watch. there's a problem with american fans i don't know if it extends to england Mm -hmm. of dragon ball z fans who got the entire wrong idea from watching the show Mm -hmm. where like people are constantly talking about who could beat who and who has a higher power level and everything like from the exact first moment in dragon ball z that power levels are introduced they're wrong yeah like Characters are hiding their power levels or get stronger. They're completely wrong every mm-hmm. time they're ever brought up. And then eventually they just stop bringing them up. Yeah, and their <laughs> senses
1: are all over the place sometimes. And yeah, like you say, people hiding their true power levels and intentions deliberately. Um d- Yeah, to the point where you think, well, then, then just stop talking about it
0: they do yeah. they do stop talking about
1: power lot. yeah they've already started talk uh, stopped talking about it almost there's some stuff with like vegeta obviously where he's like oh piccolo is more powerful
0: than ever but that's just because well, yeah, he's they a do jealous that prick forever. so they do that forever yeah. where they're like his power is enormous but they stop using numbers yeah <laughs> yeah there's not enough numbers in the in the in the i was going to say the alphabet <laughs> The good job. <laughs> the number well, I mean Frieza breaks a million and then after that it's gonna get real awkward yeah. telling people's power levels. Yeah. Anyway, we're on an email show. I don't know if we <laughs> remembered that. Um when I was a kid, we would go to Guatemala in the summers to visit family. Oh, Latin well, wow. America, as it turns out, is way into Dragon Ball Z. Yes and this, yeah. And was way ahead of the US. I'll tell you how big I believe this was Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, is into Dragon Ball Z there was, I saw people posting about it, there was a gigantic strip club Mm -hmm. in Mexico City, I believe that was uh, offering a special deal one free lap dance to every person who came in if Goku beat Jiren in (laughs) Dragon Ball Super (laughs) I was like, "That's fucking nuts." <laughs> I,
1: I saw something on Twitter earlier, and I don't know if it was a meme or not. That it was, um, if Goku, um, if Goku said, "Go get vaccinated," and it was like a, a tidal wave of people going through a door. And I don't know if they've, I don't know if they've used Goku for vaccinations, but it wouldn't probably. If they in have Japan,
0: they probably yeah. have. They use him to sell KFC a lot in Japan. I know that. So Uh, Latin America, as it turns out, is way into DBZ and was (laughs) way ahead of the U.S. While Toonami had left me off at the middle of the Frieza saga, when I tuned in down south, I was all the way ahead to the Super Boo fighting Vegeta part of the (laughs) show. Paired with getting Dragon Ball GT toys for characters I did not recognize and wouldn't air for like four more years stateside, (laughs) needless to say I was confused and no one knew what I was talking about when I got back. Yeah. My question is, have either of you accidentally stumbled into being way ahead of the curve on something that hadn't really shown up domestically? Not Common Rider. JK, live your life. I ain't your mom. (laughs) (laughs) If not, is there something that you revisited recently that is intensely stupid and full of plot holes, but that you love anyway because it's so goddamn charming? Oh, wow. Uh, Well, I I was gonna say, like, I was really ahead of the curve on Dragon Ball Z. Like, I was watching... The um, like Raditz fight, mm-hmm. and um, I knew at some point in this show the characters were gonna have spiky blonde hair, yeah. Like, Goku was gonna, uh, there was gonna be another guy who was kind of like Raditz but mm-hmm. smaller, mm-hmm. and his hair went straight up, and he was gonna show up because in the back of video game magazines there were forms to order um uh import action figures mm-hmm. from Japan and they had a bunch of Sailor Moon ones and they had a bunch of Dragon Ball Z ones. And so I would see these tiny right. blurry yeah, 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 images yeah. of the characters. That's so I really was, cool. When characters would show up I'd be like that's the action figure
1: that's really cool. I used to love seeing, like, uh, catalogs and stuff like that that you used to have the figures in, like, six months before. And you used to think, like, this is going to impact on the story that I'm reading at the moment. <laughs> um, yeah, that's really cool. The only thing I can think of is that my... So my dad used to work nights and he used to come home... So in, in 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 America, I don't fucking live in America. In England, no. um, we had uh, collections of Marvel comics that used to be like about four or five years behind the main story, but used to reprint three like issues a month. So they
0: used to. And they to, were in black and white, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: And then they mm-hmm. moved to color.
0: Um, yeah, they did this with uh, Marvel Man.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then they did it with... And then there was a, 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 an essential X-Men collection and a Spider-Man and a Hulk and an Avengers. Um, and then they started doing it with the Batman stuff when Hush came out. But it was four years behind still. And it's always Whoa. been four years behind. Um, that sucks. So, like... And it wouldn't... It, I, I don't know if even if they exist anymore because the internet would instantly spoil those for, like, kids in the UK. But my dad used to come home from work via a comic shop, and my dad is a big, big comic fan. Like, he loves, he's an ex engineer, so he loves, um, he loves like Green Lantern and he loves, um, what else, Iron Man. So um, he was always into those two characters primarily. So he used to come home with like armfuls of comics that he used to get in on his way to work, then read them all at work, and then just just it i would inherit them the ones that he either didn't want or you know just was like to have a read and give them back to me so i used to be like four years ahead of everyone else i knew that's killer um and like they used to be telling me stuff about it in school and i used to be like well i know what happens so i was a really obnoxious arrogant kid not surprisingly (laughs) um But, yeah, I used to... Yeah, what happened? You're so different. (laughs) (laughs) But, like... um, And it was really cool as well, because it was, like, one of the things my dad and I used to do together that no one else got. It was, like, nothing... You couldn't touch... That's really cool. You couldn't break into that. My dad used to wake me up on... um, on a Saturday morning at like 5am when he used to get him from work and we used to watch like three hours of cartoons together and then he used to go to bed and my mum used to wake up and then I'd spend the day with my mum while he was like sleeping off like a horrific night shift. So, um, yeah, so... This is like a charming childhood. Yeah, my dad's great. My dad's great. He's um, he, he, he is the sort of person... This is new for this show. That <laughs> <laughs> but he's the sort of person that is like the worst fucking person to have if you've got an addictive personality. Like you've oh, seen... He gives it to you. But like my dad's... My da- I spoke to my dad on Sunday and he's like, have you got any new Lego yet? Have you, have you got any new Lego? Oh my have God. You, Are you going to show me some pictures of this stuff? So he lives vicariously through me um, and he is like, every time he comes to visit, he's like, come on, take me up to your office. I want to see all the new stuff you've got in your collection. So it's like I can be a 40 year old kid. Yeah, he totally is. Absolutely. My first, because um, growing up poor, um, sorry, I'm completely derailing this, but I don't care. Um,
0: <laughs> I, we talked about Dragon Ball Z for like 40 Fair enough. minutes. Fair enough. Like it's
1: fine. My first, um, like we, we grew up really poor. So my first, like we had education maintenance allowance payments, which is like 30 pounds a week. So you can get to school and pay for your lunches and stuff like that when you're like 16 and 17. Um, and my dad was like, if you save that up, you could buy something big with it. And I was like, oh, my God, you're so right. And then he took me to a comic shop in London and bought me and said, was like, you know, if you pay this much, I'll put a little bit towards it. And you can buy one of those like one six scale statues. And I was like, oh, my God, you're so right, dad. And we went down and bought this.
0: Your dad is your push. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. What is going on? <laughs>
1: And now like you've seen pictures of like the stuff that I have in yeah. my office and it's Your fucking ridiculous. Your room looks like a comic shop. Yeah, exactly. And he's the one. He's the fucking one who started this. And my wife's like, "Where you can't, cannot have a collection. You cannot start something without like having this massive FOMO issue of missing out on things." So I've like I have to have the collection. And it's like every birthday from like around 15, 16, I got like a statue rather than anything else. All the kids were like, "Well, I got Nike Airs for my birthday," and I
0: was like, "Well, I got a statue
1: of Bullseye from Daredevil." <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, I got a fucking bone to pick with you, British, real quick before I get into this next bit. <laughs> uh, you know the goddess's name is Nike, right? Oh yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> we don't we don't That's what like to named pronounce after. It's that thing we talked about. Um, about how, like, we changed the spelling of words because Americans started using the words.
0: That's true. <laughs> Man, how did you, How patriotic did you feel about your country when all that stuff about the Great British Bake Off Mexican Week came out anyway? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I watched that show as well. I really like that show.
1: Um, yeah, Crystal does too, so I saw it and it's a, it's an odd one as well because it's like whenever that sort of stuff comes up I'm like is this white people getting angry on behalf of Mexican people because nah, people
0: were pretty pissed yeah. like uh, Pico uh, Pico de Gallo mm-hmm. uh, Tortilla um Avocado <laughs>
1: It was uh, lady.
0: Don't... The lady tried to peel an avocado like a potato. So that woman <laughs> is the stupidest woman. She
1: is. Uh, she's. She clearly has never used that. She's one of these like, oh, that's foreign food. I don't eat that types. Oh yeah, you can
0: totally tell. Yeah. Um, but uh, the next thing I was gonna get on t- get onto real quick before again we still have like five emails left. <laughs> But uh apparently Jeff and Rich is a bad email combination.
1: <laughs> yeah, we just told <laughs> The uh
0: the thing about like comics is like as a kid, like I wasn't searching for the number one of something mm-hmm. to start into comics, right? So people ask me all the time, like, what what was the first comic you ever read? Mm-hmm. Like, where should I start in comics? Like, what's the first one you read? And I probably read like Spider-Man number four thirty six yeah. or something first. And I think maybe that this this might bother some people, but that's fine. Like we got that review mm-hmm. about being white lib cucks, so whatever. <laughs> Um, the, uh, if, if you can't get into a comic reading it, like, just a random comic and be like, oh, this is fun, yeah. I want to read more, then comics might not be for you. Yeah, 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 yeah totally, like, I agree. everyone I know started reading comics with, like, number 336, number yep. 224, number, like, and... Every comic has a little blurb at the beginning that tells you everything you need to know about the story that's happening. Yep, absolutely, and sometimes the origin so, of the hero. Yeah, so just pick up a comic and read it, is mm-hmm. my advice about that. That's not what this email's about even slightly. No, no. So I'll finish it. <laughs> uh, kisses, Stefan, Lieutenant Junior Grade, aboard uh, the way-too-much-money invested in experiencing the same same story, Z. <laughs> P.S. Sorry for the long one. P.P.S. That's what he slash they said. Yeah. Um, Sorry for the long that answer. That was not a long one. <laughs> we made it much longer uh, than it was. Yeah, technically, that was not a long one. <laughs> Our uh, next email is from Fedco. Hey, And it's fed. entitled, Friends. <laughs> hey, Jeff. Hey, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> you two are friends, right? Yep. Right? <laughs> Yes, we are friends. In the first Star Trek movie, Kirk and Spock, friends, had been separated for a very long time. Gone on to do different things, followed the diverging paths on which their lives had taken them. By the time they've reunited, it's almost like they're strangers to one another. Spock had even undergone a process that had supposedly changed the way he thought and felt on a fundamental level. Mm. And you can kind of feel the uncertainty. And on Kirk's end, you can even see it on his face when he hears about Spock. When he first sees him, the circumstances of their reunion are anything but ideal. Hardly a shining opportunity to reconnect. It might have even felt like something impossible to do, at least at first. But, in the end, and my eyes well with tears as I type this, the rift between them was nothing. Mm-hmm. A gap of miles between feelings so vast as they are as light years in size, dwarfing what would seem like an insurmountable distance between mere men, bodies of feet and inches. And in his final moments, Spock knew that it was something that needed to be said, and that they were and always will be friends. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful that's nice i don't I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of the worst when it comes with to keeping in touch with people. Often I let riffs like that one form for one reason or another. But I'm not going to try and remember what this movie tried to... But I'm going to try and remember what this movie tried to teach me in that moment, and I hope they do too. Sorry if this reads like a suicide note or something. (laughs) (laughs) That that apparently tends to be the vibe that comes off of the stuff like this when I write it. I finally wrote in an email purely about Star Trek, though. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Live long and S-A-D, Fedco. We do like to S-A-D on this show. Yeah, yeah. sometimes I um, write. True. Uh, wh- what about you, Rich? Are you bad at keeping in touch with the people you care about? Um, sometimes.
1: Um, I, I Luckily, Rachel is really good at keeping in touch with people. I've got really good friends that I've known since school that are weird little nerds like me. And I think the test of a true friendship is you cannot talk to them for six months, see each other, and it feel exactly the same way as when you last left.
0: That's damn true. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Although I am fairly bad at keeping in touch with people. Mm -hmm. I'll go, like, months, like, two, three, four months without speaking to them, and then I'll shoot them, like, a message. And if they don't, like, immediately strike up a conversation, I'm like... I'm, like, distrustful of it now. I'm yeah. like, I got complex now. What's going on here? The worst thing to feel is that, like,
1: you extend an olive branch and someone's not going to meet you halfway. Like, if you're the person always connecting with someone, it becomes really fucking draining. And That's like
0: That's very true.
1: Fed, if there's people... Like, Fed, sometimes you've got to ask yourself, are they keeping in touch with me as well? Or... Should I make some new friends that, you know, understand me? Because, Fed, you're a nice guy. and Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, sometimes it's like, you know, like you're part of the same Discord I am and yeah. you have friends there and you have friends for a reason. It's because you're a good person.
0: Um, I think there's a... There's a moment when this question needs to be asked, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Fed's talking about trying to reconnect. Yes. And if you do try to reconnect and you want to create that connection with someone and they don't put forth any effort into it, that's when the question needs to come up of, like, are you causing more harm than good to yourself by trying to rekindle? But, like, there's something beautiful about rekindling a friendship that's kind of like there's been time in between Mm -hmm. and things like sort of kindle back and you find that friendship once more i totally agree with that the only thing i
1: would say as well in regards to that is work friendships sometimes don't there It's a very specific set of circumstances that you're friends with someone at work and like it's hard to recreate that outside sometimes it very rarely goes exactly as it is when you were working together so when i leave That's a place true. of work i find it really hard to keep in touch with people because like what are you talking about what are you talking about you don't work at the same you, place all anymore. you used
0: to talk about was work mm-hmm. right exactly you sure your shared I, experience is work there, there is an opposite side to this coin as well mm-hmm. i met josh when i was 28 years old hmm And we hit it off as if we had been friends our entire lives. Yeah. It was like instant. We were friends. And it's only become a stronger friendship as time has gone along. Yeah. And like, I think that's something that people think doesn't happen Mm -hmm. for adults anymore. Like people are always thinking, you know, I'll never, I have to hold on to these old friendships because how do I make new ones? Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they just kind of happen And you shouldn't hold on to negative old friendships that, like, maybe, uh, I I know a lot of people end up in friendships, like, I knew them since high school, but they're, like, kind of a piece of shit. Yeah. Or I knew them since college, but they're kind of a piece of shit. Like, you can find friends that feel like lifelong friends out of the blue. Like, similar thing happened with Rich when we started talking. Mm -hmm. We hit it off pretty much immediately. And now I can't. We've become pals ever since. Now I can't fucking get rid of him. I'm <laughs> humping his leg like a tiny dog, but like, 24-7. But, like, it's weird.
1: The three of us now talk every day, and it's like...
0: Yeah. I, I just,
1: like, I look down at my phone, and I've got, like, 14 messages from both of you, and I'm like, <laughs> well, I mean, we work in shifts as well, because when you're sleeping, Jeff, uh, Josh and I are talking, and when yeah. Josh is sleeping, we're talking, and when I'm sleeping, you're both talking. It's really weird. But, like, men, I think, in particular... Because of the nature of how we've been bred to be toxic fucking messes, um,
0: is this some original sin of white guilt stuff?
1: <laughs> Fridge. Yeah, absolutely. We're bred to compete and <laughs> like be dickheads to each other. When you That's reach true. a certain age and you're not in an institution where it's easy to make friends, men find it really difficult to make friends,
0: and like it's being we- open and being open and vulnerable. With a dude you just met is uh, a scary proposition for anyone. Yeah. Because uh, they could, uh, and on one hand, you could become great friends right out the gate and it'll be great. On the mm-hmm. other hand, uh, they could like squash you down, cause nothing but uh, pain and heartache. Mm-hmm. And on the third hand, they could kill and eat you. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs>
1: Don't devote any energy to someone who is stripping you of energy.
0: That's very true. There, again, not to try and glass half empty this one, even though that is the name of the podcast. <laughs> uh, there, there is a, something beautiful about rekindling those friendships. Like Kirk and Spock's friendship, there's a reason why it's the original ship. Yeah. Because it is an extremely heartfelt, deep friendship. Mm-hmm. And uh, we need more of that in our lives and the world in general. Yes. Uh, I will live long and S a D. Our next email <laughs> is from uh, Boner Guard and Hamilton, host of Radio Bone Air. Hmm. Maybe I'll delete this one. No. Um, <laughs> it's entitled Halloween PSA. Mm-hmm. Uh, good evening, Treckleman. <laughs> Treckleman. It is I, Boner Guard and Hamilton. <laughs> Is that supposed to be an E? Boner Guard E. Hamilton, a.k.a. Hambone. Oh, Hambone Skeleton. Of, oh, host of Radio Air here to deliver yeah. a very important Halloween safety advisory. Yeah. There have been numerous reports of parents and guardians finding dangerous substance inside of their children's Halloween candy. Such substances include Ketracell White... <laughs> Ketracel Code Red. <laughs> Ketracel Bajoran Blast. <laughs> Jesus. Zoomers, Plumers, Goomers. <laughs> Goomers. Uh, Ennui. <laughs> Indian Pale Ales. <laughs> Never Starting Knob Slobbers. The Power of the Shadowverse. Mole Tanks. <laughs> Crystallized Psychic Energy. Festering Bloody mm-hmm. Fingers, Blender 3D tutorials, the 1994 <laughs> Nintendo 64 game Hybrid Heaven, and cryptocurrency pamphlets. <laughs> Dear God, did I never think I would hear about Hybrid Heaven again in my fucking life. <laughs> Jesus. If you suspect your child has been given any laced candy, or just any candy at all, please send it to Bonergard E. Hamilton. Obs- uh, Observatory Crest Municipal Junkyard Dumpster 18532, <laughs> Observatory Crest, Mendifornia 19999. <laughs> Take care and a bonerful Halloween, Boner Guard E Hamilton, host of Radio Boner, dictated but not read. <laughs> <laughs> wow, fucking highland heaven. <laughs> Oh. I am shocked and appalled.
1: Ketracell Code Red. I think you, you peaked too early there. That was the one that cracked me
0: up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember Hybrid Heaven being pretty good, which, but I'm looking at photos of it and I don't know. Which one's I Hybrid don't know. Heaven? Hybrid Heaven is the one that seemed to be, like, this is the a new generation GoldenEye. Like, it's a third-person game, but, like, we're doing the same sort of, like, perfect dark kind of... Okay, okay. Like, secret agent-y thing. Oh, I see. I see. I'm, I'm looking at pictures of it I may be it misremembering this. No, oh, the, not it. the cover
1: of the, the game is very, very blocky. <laughs> that, um... Uh... No mercy. Oh, it's like a era. Resident Evilly. It seems like, now yeah, I'm looking okay. at it. Yeah.
0: yeah, 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 It's lots of players. lots of squares. Let's just say that. Yeah, players assume the role of Mr. Diaz, a synthetic <laughs> human hybrid created by aliens. Wowzers. Uh, anyway, thank you for that Halloween PSA. I'll be on the lookout for Zoomers, Plumers, and Goombers. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, so shall we all be. <laughs> so shall we all that's from a show I don't watch yeah it is our next, e- our next email is from Curicle, and it's entitled Merry Spooksmas Trek Boys awesome episode as always you don't know you didn't hear I mean he's right though it was good Merry Spooky Season I hope you have your pumpkin bags ready to ward off the lifeless denizens of <laughs> suburbia <laughs> I'm ready to hide all my problems under a pumpkin bag. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do either of you have any Halloween things you usually do? I sometimes carve overly detailed pumpkins since it's a cool medium to work with. This year, listening back to all the bros before pros spooky time with Jeff might be in my future. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. That is a good idea. Cut out all the lame parts where the other yeah. two talk and yeah. just put me on.
1: <laughs> yeah. You can you can do uh, Christmas with Josh for the fantasy
0: stuff. Yeah, Christmas and fantasy goes hand in hand. Well,
1: it does. Do you know why it does in my head? Because of Lord of the Rings. Because it was released around Christmas every year. I don't know what the sci-fi holiday is. Um, Arbor Day? Let's just say Arbor Day. Yeah.
0: Why not? Because there are no trees in the sci-fi future. Exactly. Uh, Pardon my neighborhood for having an ice cream man go through it right now. (laughs) If you can hear that in the background. How wholesome. Um, We. uh, I've had ice cream from the truck a couple times. It's pretty good. But um, we carve pumpkins. Oh my God, it is so loud. <laughs> uh, we we carve a pumpkin every year. Like I think the coolest one I ever did is I did um Boo from Mario. Oh nice. As one, and then I did Luigi screaming on one that was next to it. <laughs> I did a cuthead one. That was my one. favorite year. I did a cuthead oh, yeah? one. That was
1: good. Uh, the one where he was in the plane. Uh Rachel or oh, normally awesome. Rachel normally does like minimalist stuff that looks good like or, or the, I think she like genuinely she was doing those small face pumpkins before that became a big thing and I don't really? know Yeah she was doing loads of. she always does little little tiny uh pumpkin faces and they always look really good and they always crack me up Um
0: one one year we did do a Nazgul Oh that's cool And I thought that looked pretty sick do you do them together or do you do one each? Uh, we do it together. Yeah. Because pumpkins are, uh, gross mm-hmm. after a while. <laughs> yeah. Your hands
1: start to get all cr- crabby and sticky and uh, gross. The,
0: uh, and besides that, we give out candy. And we usually dress up to give out candy. Mm. Well. Although the last time I dressed up was as, uh, where's wally in mm-hmm. england i think it's called where's yeah, waldo, where's waldo? um well,
1: well because uh i'm in england and halloween is uh pagan filth um
0: ah uh-huh. it's not really
1: <laughs> but you know we don't celebrate it as much and it's coming in in a big way and lots of english people were like this why are we celebrating this american holiday um you just hate us. Well, look, I, look, I quite like Halloween, and we always have candy in the house to give out to the kids, but they never. like We're, we're sometimes in a bit of an area where we live in quite a student y area, so. Um, oh. The, the, there's not really many young kids, although I suppose my son's going to want to get into it relatively soon. But, oh, absolutely. But Rachel and I will pick lots of scary films uh, and watch primarily. Scary movies over October. Oh, we do
0: that all. We so, do that all October, baby. Yeah, yeah. So same. We do. Although I did lie. The mm-hmm. last costume I wore was uh, Bill Murray in Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think did I send you? The, I sent you the
1: picture of uh, Rachel and I as Wayne and Garth, didn't I? Yeah, uh, that was great. We've done a couple of. We did, I told. I don't mind everyone knowing this. I normally dress in drag for um, for Halloween because I think it's funny. Um, and all English people like to dress in drag. It's just a, a funny it's thing. It's like uh, a
0: Monty Python. It's like, yeah, thing. it is. It, it just is.
1: happens. It's been ex- it's been accepted as long as you aren't... De- you definitely aren't trans or something like that because English people hate that, apparently. Um, yeah, Americans don't care for that either. Yeah. Um, so My countries
0: fucking suck.
1: <laughs> but Rachel and I have done... We did. Uh, we really freaked out a load of people and did Jamie and Cersei Lannister one year, uh, which was really good. We've done Morticia and Gomez, where I was Morticia, and we've done the Grady twins from The Shining,
0: um, <laughs> and that was really funny <laughs> as well. Uh, That's great. I, had a, I had a full beard, <laughs> which was really. Good. I do. I do love to dress up for Halloween, mm-hmm. man. It's it's always so fun. I just. I leave it to till, till like too late to find like a good cool costume mm. for the most part most years.
1: Uh, my wife's favorite costume that she's ever done, and my favorite is she was Ursula from the uh, Little Mermaid once, and she made uh, her dress um, and sewed it together so that she could stuff the stuff eight tubes, six tubes essentially full of tissue so that it would be like a tentacle
0: and she looked That's great. That's awesome. She looked so good. Um, That's so fucking cool. Uh, she's really good at stuff like I went like as Superman in fucking kindergarten how about that? That's cool. Uh,
1: Evan, <laughs> Evan went as a skeleton last year for like a he had a skeleton onesie that it was like his pyjamas and we got him a little mask but he never wears, kids never wear the masks long enough, they don't want to wear no, the masks No, they take the age.
0: mask off immediately. Um but
1: yeah. It's because you can't breathe out of that shit. Yeah. You remember don't you? Yeah. Um, he had a recent sort of like, you know, the dress as your own favourite book character and we, he, he had started school just that, that week. So he was, we said to him, do you want to dress in a costume? And he was like, no. <laughs> we were like, all right, fine. Not arguing with your kid. Dang. So, um, he'll get a more into that. Strange child. He, he, he was like, I am in costume. This is my school uniform. And I was like, uh he's kind of got us there like let him that counts
0: (laughs) i you know have you ever seen the image of like the little blonde kid wearing the sonic costume yeah 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 yeah. like uh something about like you when you're so fast you outrun the light or whatever you're always in darkness (laughs) uh i had that exact costume when i was a kid that exact sonic costume I think kids... I wore it two years in a row, actually, even though it didn't quite fit the second year because I loved Sonic so much as a kid. I would love to be able to
1: be like a kid for all the good reasons, not like to go to school because that shit sucks. But yeah, um, sucks. But like, well, you can get if you've got a kid, you can get. I could get him an Optimus Prime fancy dress costume or Halloween costume if I wanted to. Now, like, there's no limits to the amount of shit you can get off of Etsy and eBay and stuff like that. Kids have it so easy now. They can just say like <laughs> I just I wanna right, dress I, I wanna dress up as like Hank Hill. Yeah, like fine. We can get you a Hank Hill costume, like tomorrow. Well,
0: that's the thing, when I was a kid, like one of the years I wanted to be Mario mm-hmm. and they didn't have Mario Jack nope. shit when I was a kid. So I borrowed a too big pair of overalls, mm-hmm. a pair of boots that were too big. I had a a red short sleeve shirt because I could not find a long sleeve shirt. Mm-hmm. And I had workers gloves that were brown because I couldn't <laughs> find white gloves. I had a red um baseball cap. It was the Cincinnati Reds hat. <laughs> and I had a piece of paper taped over the Cincinnati Reds logo that had Mario's M on it. And oh, I had a cool. drawn on mustache.
1: I mean, that's pretty good. If you can't get the costume, you, you make good, right? Yeah. That's good.
0: Now, if you wanted to be Mario, you go to Halloween City. Yeah. And buy, Mario you buy the official Mario costume for $15. Yes. Yeah. 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 See? And it looks good as hell. See? Kids have it easy. When it comes to Halloween, sure.
1: Yeah. Not like school and like. The future of the world Light, <laughs> stuff like that. Future,
0: global warming. Yeah, yeah. All that type of lib cook shit <laughs> they talk about on this podcast. <laughs> you can just fast forward through it if you want. Yeah, yeah, just fast forward uh, this whole episode. <laughs> anyway, I pretend to be a music producer. Hey, earned a little over two dollars as a musician over the last year, and that is around where society values any creative endeavor that someone only devotes twenty to forty hours per week to, right? Yep. <laughs> too real Mm -hmm. too real curicle. I usually hear you dudes say funny shit that I get inspired to sample and sometimes that inspiration crystallizes into some kind of musical idea I've attached my latest m class flip which I think is appropriately spooky for the spooky (laughs) month as always if attachments on emails are disconcerting the file is over on the discord. Mm-hmm. Shine on you crazy bobbleums, Quirkel. <laughs> uh
1: Curacle did a, uh, a Voyager theme for my two-part or three-part Voyager uh retelling of the pilot and that was ace. It was so good.
0: Killer. Yeah. Like I, I Curicle sent me the music before and I've enjoyed it mm-hmm. and I think I've heard this already from the discord but I'm going to pass it along to Josh and see what he does in the edit. He might add it in somewhere, probably at the end of the episode or something. Cool. Uh, we'll see if he wants to share it. Yeah, cute uh, good people. Thank you for that email. Sorry again for just fucking ch- jawing. <laughs> Our next email is from David S., and I got to put on an accent for it. Of course, It's entitled Barclay Parte. <laughs> Well, walk into my private holodeck program where I literally fuck, Mary and or kill my friends and co-workers and call me Broccoli. If it ain't the trickiest boys, this side of Deep Space 69, a.k.a. Tarot Whore. <laughs> Jesus.
1: Tarot
0: Whore. Boys. It's nearly Halloween, which is, as we are all aware, the way cooler replacement scary pranks holiday created by famous space bad boy, Hoteen. <laughs> Go Targpike! <pack> What's <laughs> up? It's ironic you're on this episode. We, oh, we've both done Hoteen. Yeah, we have both done Hoteen. Mm-hmm. I don't remember my voice for Hoteen, even. Mine's <laughs> just scratchy me. Something... It's unfortunate trick boys it was something like that
1: you you were uh original evil hotin and i've become weird drug addicted uh,
0: sex pest weirdo hotel. <laughs> the character's gone through some shit he since has, i played him he has Anyhow, that means the station air is warm with the smell of Jumja apples, <laughs> barrels of untouched pumpkin spice plo soup collecting <laughs> space duck in the cargo bays, and Pork's Bar has a special spooky cocktail, the Ketracell White Russian. <laughs> it gives you a hunt lust more intense than a Kronos Piranha Bear. <laughs> but it's finished quicker and Harry Kim in a holodeck running Barkley Knight Seven. <laughs> That's one with an even shorter Riker and Worf is just the Cowardly Lion from the Wizard of Oz? Oh,
1: that is a missed opportunity for TNG, a Wizard of Oz special. <laughs> oh, hell yeah.
0: You you know Worf would be the Cowardly Lion. Data
1: would be the Tin Man. That's true. Who would be the Scarecrow?
0: Pass. Barkley. Barkley? Speaking of old Reggie throbbing Brock Barkley, (laughs) that reminds me of this time back on the Enterprise. I was visiting my old 4KH club buddy Saul from back in the Academy (laughs) while the Enterprise was in the space shop for some repairs and whatnot. Good old Saul, you ball. (laughs) <laughs> Good old Saul Uball gave me a whole dang tour of hydroponics. 10 Ford or whatever. <laughs> and stellar hootin' annery. Still- All his new ship friends have been raving about a then unknown Reginald Barkley's top of the line, bona fide, erotic crew fiction. So hot it's guaranteed to make steam train whistle out your ears. <laughs> They were so popular at that point that 69% of all holodeck runtime was dedicated to someone wanting to get, as Saul put it, they bar-clussy ate. (laughs) I can't believe this show is free. (laughs) They had to schedule twice the biofilter duty shifts. (laughs) Now, Reggie and the senior staff had no idea, but someone heard Reg save a program as his last name and a number, so they just kind of kept guessing numbers and found all his (laughs) private programs. Boys, has anyone ever gone through your journal, subspace comms, or other private files? Anyone ever walk in on you enjoying a spicy holovid? Ever accidentally see something private of someone else? Mmm...
1: I don't know. You don't know? I don't think so. I'm normally, uh, like, I've got an encrypted drive of, of stuff that I don't want anyone to see, and that's mainly, like, cool, art cool files. Coolstuff.exe. Yeah, but it's mainly, like, <laughs> art files and stuff like that that I don't want people stealing as their own work. So mm, I've never had a problem with, like, internet history or anything like that.
0: I haven't either. No. But I did accidentally see some stuff I wasn't supposed to see.
1: Mm.
0: I went, uh, back in college, the computer lab was open all night long Uh, for the most part. Of course. In uh, Smith Hall uh, in the art department, the graphic design computer lab. Yeah. And so I went in there and I worked uh, a lot of nights, a lot of nights. Uh Uh-huh. I walked in, and uh, there's ba- they're basically in rows. So when you walk in, you can see down a row of screens, right. and then they're yeah, back yeah. to back. And I walk in, and I look down, and there is, uh, a, there's a girl sitting on a computer screen at the far end. And I happened to glance the title on the banner of the website before she closed it was uh, Horny Milfs. Wow. Mm. <laughs> and I, I laughed, and she shut her computer down and laughed. I felt bad. I was like, "You could look at horny milfs; it's whatever." But I, I don't
1: it, care. It's just the
0: circumstance that you were laughing at, not yeah. the fact that she wanted to look at that. It's just I, I don't think... care what people look at horny milfs. It was just it was funny that I walked in and saw it. <laughs> wow.
1: Uh, yeah, I've uh, never
0: had. Luckily,
1: I've never had anything like that. Uh, I've had an. Mmm, uh, that's not true. I've had an ex girlfriend that I was round her house and I turned on the family computer and that their, their dad had been working on, and there was something questionable on there. Uh, there was like a webcammy type thing that's like pre Chatterbait. Uh, so this was like, oh God, this must have been like when I was 17 or something like that. Um, and I was like, I, I didn't stay with that girl for a very long they time. They had the internet back then? It wasn't, yeah, yeah, it was steam driven. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry Reg you're not right. even that much older than me I'm like 39 at the end of the year I'm still younger than Josh that makes me feel better you're three
0: years older than me yeah that's not too bad that's not too bad I can deal with that um well anyhow Saul was on biofilter duty that day and I guess Reggie had just uh converted some biomatter <laughs> when Saul removed the canister it looked damaged and smoke was pouring out of it. <laughs> thanks to Starfleet training Saul knew to pick up the broken leaking biohazardous container with two bare hands to keep it stable (laughs) (laughs) as he carried it through a few corridors and down about three decks to get scanned and spaced the exposure to the melty fart stink goopy as Wesley Crusher (laughs) called it suddenly made out of Saul Ubel's tissue able to dissolve in water Saul Ubel (laughs) Get it? He didn't write that. <laughs> Thing is, he didn't even realize until he bumped into a pumpkin spice plo-meat barrel and dissolved the instant the stagnant contents hit his skin. <laughs> Poor fella never got to experience Barkley Nights 8. Dial M for empathy. <laughs> The The rest of Deep Dish Nine is getting in the spirit of Halloween. Someone already scared me so bad I about soaked my Wranglers when they made me think I wasn't paying at least one dollar to the M Class Patreon at Patreon.com slash M Class Podcast. Without that I'd have no way to root and toot with the Trek Boys in that their Discord. Right now, AJ put us all in an army game or something. Gave me a revolver. Great guy. <laughs> Yeah. Signed, David S. Yellow Belly Fright Coordinator on Deep Dish 9. Sent via whistle singing at Yahoo Mail on Optowad. <laughs> <laughs> How did I not get Soluble? Soluble.
1: I don't know. But I didn't get it either, so... But that's the joy of a good joke,
0: right? We didn't get it straight away. There's some uh, questionable... Horrific things in this email that we'll never mm-hmm. speak of again. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I always love a David S. email.
1: Well, he's really good. David is always really good at um, sharing all the content and doing retweets and stuff like that. So, like, he's all, he always retweets Toonhounds. He always retweet retweets Bros. He
0: always retweets M Class. He's, he's which, really good at stuff like that. Which, for some for some reason, amongst M Class fans, is quite rare. For some reason, mm-hmm. I'm not sure why that is. Yeah, retweets my boys help. My voice can't get any higher on this one. Retweets help, guys,
1: and it's right next to the like button. It's really easy. Well, Just press it is, click. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm kidding. You guys pay money. It's fine. Yeah. But uh, uh, we appreciate any sort of sharing that can happen. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that email. Uh, nobody's ever seen my gross, disgusting porno, so I'm good. No. No. Our next email is from mike and it's our final email of the evening Mm -hmm. i know everybody's been dying to turn this shit off so it's about time (laughs) it's entitled kuzdul follow-up or my tattoo story i guess hello again jeff and rich (laughs) i wrote to you a few weeks ago about neo kuzdul and the duero scholar and how he helped me out with a tattoo idea i had but when I chose not to say any more about the tattoo, Josh shouted horse balls, and I <laughs> knew in my heart that I had to write you again about it. I mean, that's a clear indication that you got to do something, right? It's a call to action if I ever heard of one. <laughs> Here's the thing. It was an incredible coincidence that you guys talked about dwarven when you did, because I'd only just reached out to the Duero Scholar a few days earlier, and I didn't even have the tattoo yet. And nobody, absolutely nobody, ever wants to hear about a tattoo somebody's going to get. Mm-hmm. That is damn true. I have it now, and there it is. Minutes after having it done. Let me see if I can copy and paste this into the call. <laughs> Boop. Take a look at that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That looks sick. That looks cool. That's, that is some extremely clean line work. Yep. I know this is terrible audio for a podcast, but I'm sure you can figure something out. It's a photo of my right arm with some runes etched into it. If you want to read it out loud, the word is pronounced umzar, which means worker in Dwarven. The short version That's of cool. the story behind it is that it's a reminder to never be lazy. That's cool. I like that. Uh, The longer version, if you feel like reading it, fuck it, we've talked about Dragon Ball Z for 40 minutes, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and I won't blame you if you don't want to, is that I'm a guy who struggled with undiagnosed anxiety and probably other issues growing up. We we talked a lot about this during the Barkley episode. And have found myself at many times having a hard time getting basic things done for work or in my own day-to-day life. Uh, the only way I've been able to get through it and get to where I am now with a decent job, a house, and a mortgage is to do my best to do the work that's in front of me and take everything one step at a time. Mm -hmm. Do the work, even when it's hard, and I don't want to do it. Sometimes that means cleaning my house or working overtime at a shitty job. Sometimes it means calling and setting up my first appointment to see a therapist because my parents never did that for me when I lived with them because they didn't believe in it. Working mm. on my mental health is work, too. Sometimes the work I need to do is to take a rest so that I can better do the rest of the work. That part's important. Yep. Totally. you got to take care of your own mental health when you're working. Yes. Like, the, all of that is extremely important. But I feel like we as a society are moving towards the destigmatization, de-stigmatization mm-hmm. Of working on your mental health, yeah. people are always telling each other like, "How's your mental health?" Like all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people still think resting is the opposite of work.
1: Yeah, I mean, your whole fucking country is based on this idea of the American dream being work hard and get stuff, and it doesn't it yeah. doesn't work because you're not born into it. So like, you're you're sold a a, a false premise originally from the start, and so many. So much of capitalism is based on that false dickish oh, absolutely. premise. Absolutely.
0: Well, I mean, there, that's a, there's a great George Carlin uh, quote where he says it's called the American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. Yeah,
1: exactly. Uh,
0: as for why dwarven, well, maybe I'm just a romantic soul. I like to imagine a world where a kid like me who had a hard time figuring out what to do with his life and what kind of job to get and where to live and who to hang out with... Could show up to career day deep in the mountain, and he and all the other dwarves call home, and he sees all the miners, and he hears about a job where he can do simple, repetitive tasks over and over while he hangs out and sings mining songs with his friends. (laughs) Goes back to the dining hall to eat what he's given, drinks heavily, and goes to bed at night knowing that he's a valued member of the community and gets to do it tomorrow. Sounds all right to me. Mm Mm-hmm it does you would have the ability to feel a sense of completion every day that you're actually working towards a real goal in a community don't know what that's like i
1: uh, i mean i've talked to, i've talked to you about this a few times about how like i gave up my uh, successful and extremely well-paying um, corporate job to basically work at a charity to save my soul. Uh, so yes, I think you should do We're not going to
0: get into day. specifics,
1: <laughs> but he very
0: much did it to
1: save his soul. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I told you a horror story this week. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, I think it's important to uh, not in, not necessarily enjoy what you're doing, but not
0: hate what you do. Um, that's the important bit there's yeah. always going to be hard parts where like you're not enjoying what you're doing but there's definitely a difference between doing a job that's hard that you might not enjoy all mm-hmm. the time and hating a job Yeah,
1: we can't all love what we do that's just the really bad reality of, of working in a scarcity society but if you can get away with not hating everything that you do uh, for work and making money that is at least something right?
0: Agreed. That's very much something. Mm -hmm. It's like, sometimes it's all you can hope for. And if you can look yourself Um, in the face at the end of the day, that's really good as well. That's a whole different set of circumstances. Yeah. Again, we're not going to get into specifics, but (laughs) Anyway. Uh, But in the real world, it's an important reminder that the world is a tough place, and there's work for me to do, and there always will be. And I just have to do it. Hope that's a good enough story to satisfy you because I can't have Josh shouting horse balls at me to be my one and only interaction. I got bad news. I got bad news about this email episode. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you
1: could edit in a horse... Josh could edit in a horse balls, I'm pretty sure. He's edited some good stuff into uh, Bros recently, someone told me. Oh, so. man, I need to listen to my
0: actual <laughs> show at some point. Uh Thanks, signed Mike. That tattoo's sick, and that was a great email, Mike. We yep. appreciate it. Have you got a tattoo? I don't, and I'm not going to talk about the ones I've, I'm going to get. <laughs> okay. Right,
1: so I got a tattoo when I was 15. I've regretted it for about every day past six months of getting it. Uh, oh, and no. I will never, ever get another one. Uh, I have a... This is so... I got it when I was 15. So like that's before the age you should be getting a tattoo. But I was a dick. Um and I have a, uh, a Spawn sigil, like from, from Todd McFarlane's oh Spawn. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know, I know. Um, it's totally anti-everything I like about comics, everything I like. It, uh, getting a tattoo is nah, slightly anti it's on your anti- skin, me. man. You yeah, love I Spawn. I know. You fucking love Spawn. <laughs> um, I don't know what I was thinking. I think I just thought, I'm going to get a tattoo today. I didn't think it through. Think your tattoo through, people.
0: Sorry. I think I've already (laughs) talked about what I would want to get tattooed on here, so I'm not going to go into it again. I just need to find a tattoo artist that I trust. Mm -hmm. I think being an artist, it's really easy to, like, see the faults in your own work, but also, like, when you're worried about a tattoo, also see the faults in other people's work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that's a little bit of a hurdle that I need to get over, but... um, Finding the correct artist has been the problem. I I went to college with this incredible tattoo artist. Her name is Alex, mm-hmm. and she is so unbelievably booked up that you have to get an appointment like four or five months in advance oh, at wow. this point. And because uh, she's so good, and um, I moved away from West Virginia, so mm. I can't get one from her. Maybe you... so I got to figure out what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah,
1: and you don't want to go back either. So
0: uh, no, I go back for Christmas every year but that that's not a great time to get a tattoo. <laughs> Although she might not be booked up. Uh at this point for sure she's yeah. booked up for Christmas. But uh that's neither here nor there. This is the end of the show. It is. <laughs> we've been on like we've been
1: on a call for like 5 hours at this point. 5 hours, yeah. yeah. Jesus. We, gonna, was... we were going to do something after this as well, but now we've, we've nixed that.
0: <laughs> yeah. God, we would be... It's like six in the evening for anybody who doesn't who would like to know how long we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like well after midnight for you, uh, isn't Oh, it's it? quarter past eleven. Oh, okay. So that's not too bad. Um The M-Class email is brought to you by patrons like you over at patreon.com slash mclasspodcast, where for as little as a dollar, you get access to behind-the-scenes posts, wallpapers of every episode art, and access to a Discord full of your fellow Trek boys to Trek with, Wreck with, or Feck with. I'm not really going to (laughs) judge you. Uh Drop us a dollar for that, or for a little bit more money, you get access to Jeff and Josh Shoot the Shit, a whole different podcast, and commentary tracks for great movies like The Mummy and the Super Mario Brothers film. Uh, Jeff and Josh Talk Over Movies. Josh was not in this episode again uh, because of COVID. That fucker. Yeah, yeah. he's fired. So like forever. To... <laughs> <laughs> Covid's fired, not Josh. <laughs> I'd like to extend a giant thank you to Rich Masters for filling in. This would have been an incredibly boring podcast <laughs> if I was by myself. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I'm it would have been much shorter. <laughs> uh, Rich, where can they find you online and what are you out there doing?
1: I'm going to do this quick. Boldlypros.com is my website. At Masters Rich is my Twitter. At Toonhounds is my other... Podcast that's about cartoons that I do with Spiffsy, and at Tapon on Subspace is the Star Trek comedy drama I write, voice and produce with a load of other cool, talented people who are also M-class fans who are the sort of
0: the Earth. Uh, if that means a good thing, it does. Also, the Earth. <laughs> And uh, if you want more rich content on the dial, if that's not enough for you and you want Mm -hmm. Jeff and Josh involved as well, you can check out Bros Before Pros, our uh, storytelling podcast where people will give us prompts and we make up three stories in three separate genres using those prompts. Josh does fantasy, Rich does sci-fi, and I do horror and we are on the seventh episode so far, and we've got nothing but praise for this show. Yeah, it's so, so much fun. So you should fun. check it out.
1: It's genuinely um, big-time fun. I don't stop laughing all the way through, and my jaws, my jaw aches when we finished.
0: Oh, yeah. I can't speak for the rest uh-huh. of the day. After we do Bros Before Pros, yeah. my throat hurts so bad. It's really funny. From all the sucking. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, I forgot to say this in the last episode, so I'll say it now. Uh, even though he didn't make the theme song for this show, thank you to Vitizen for the use of his track Outer Space Race as the theme song to M-Class Podcast proper. He didn't make any of the music for this one, uh, but I love him. You can follow him on Twitter, at underscore Vitizen underscore. Uh, shoot us an email, mclassemail at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, at mclasspodcast. And if you need any information about the show, you can head on over to mclasspodcast.com. Thank you, and we will be back in 1 week with more M Class. Bye-bye. Bye. It's been a long week since the last email. It's been a long time since that last rich master's tale. Pitch it or ditches from Boston, Sean. I, I need to catch my fix. Of Jeff's table reads in a silly voice. And Josh talking about dicks. All On M class, class, class email. I swear, swear there's never a in M class email. It's He's always been in singular. singular. That's Empath. Email. Don't you settle for nothing less than it's back without fail It's Empath. It's Empath. Empathy mail.